face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Live logs and prospered. And Dr. Squee. Welcome to Starflight. <laughs> and as you can probably guess, we're talking about All the Worlds of Stage, the latest episode of Prodigy, which, yes, we got lots of puns and things like that in it. So, almost Galaxy Quest. We covered Galaxy Quest recently. This is kind of galaxy quest but star trek kind of a bit like crazy kind of meta it's like a parody of a parody of a parody actually i love it and this is like i know we've kind of like said just just it's irksome that they've included this as one series even though it happened over two years and it's clearly two series but i think this is another reason to to delineate it because the first season was them finding out who they were, finding out that they're, yeah. you know, they are Starfleet, really, even though they're not Starfleet, they're, they're Starfleet in their hearts. And this is them passing on to someone else. So it kind of almost works better because if it's season two, because that's in the arc of the Yeah, day. but it's so not season two. Like, we've, <laughs> all just season one we, we've had two. this discussion just because you have a six-month gap between two blocks of ten episodes that have two parters at the start and end of both of them. That does not mean it's a different season. Like, we're only on, like, season two of EastEnders now. <laughs> I did find that quite cool because they closed it down for COVID for a little bit, didn't they? So it was like EastEnders season two, finally. Really? <laughs> yes, they had to stop for a bit when they, they ran out of episodes they already had in the can, but before they got COVID protocols. Yeah, because they for a while they were um, they limited it from however many times a week it was to two or one times a week. So they kind of like eked out the episode. Yeah, they did. I remember them shutting it down, but I didn't hear they made it serious too. I love that. Yeah, so technically it was, you know, finally after all these years it gets a second season. Anywho, so the other thing we're going to be talking about is uh, the sci-fi weekender that we just got back from. And this is in no way... An excuse for us not to have to watch and make notes on another episode of Star Trek this week because we may or may not be feeling slightly delicate. This is completely <laughs> intended from the start. We always had this scheduled in that the second half of this episode was going to be that. So I'm just not used to this like little thing in the screen which says a number. Like we've got viewers today. Like we've, we've got, got viewers. The, uh, the high, the high Shh, count. The we always have count. viewers. We always have viewers. Oh, oh, sorry, users just laughing at us. Facebook. Oh, there we go. So they've come on specially to laugh. Was touching say, girl for the uh, renewal of East Enders. We can't see you, see your name. We just see it. Yeah, I was going to say for us to but see hello. your name, you've got to give permissions to Streamyard. Yeah, and that's how we get you. That's how we monetize it. It's not. It's totally not. But um, it was touching girl. Can you imagine if they scrapped East Enders? It wouldn't affect me. <laughs> and oh, it'd be. Uh, oh, Ambassador Nicola. Ambassador Nicola, hello. Hello. There you go. So, Nicola, tell us what you've been thinking of Prodigy. So we haven't had your thoughts on it yet. Uh, when last I saw her, she, she doesn't usually watch the animated ones. Oh, so I don't know if she they've has. been great. There you go. Anyway, all the world's a stage then. So, we've got Admiral Janeway and we've got real Janeway. So we've got double bubble Janeway. 
But the the Admiral Janeway, who's the real Janeway, is interviewing, not interviewing, interrogating, we should say, the Diviner. And, again, like, it's all about Chakotay. I mean, anyone who saw the live show at the weekend knows that I have strong feelings about Chakotay, but (laughs) it's very much about him. And she's like, have you seen Chakotay? And the Diviner's like, I've seen him, but I can't really remember anything else, which I think is a lot of people's response yeah, to Chakotay. Do, oh, do, do you and you Chakotay hate? But um, I did wonder, <laughs> because he was kind of playing it, they didn't really reveal whether or not he did have some degree of memory loss or if he's kind of putting it on, which is kind of interesting. I I think he's he sort of knows what's happened. Mm. He knows what's happened, but he's now playing the game. He realises that he's in a different situation. And he's, he said some stuff while he was incoherent, but he's what? now sort of telling them what will make him good and look good. Maybe, yeah. The only thing that made me think that's maybe well, not... I think, I think in season two, we're going to see Janeway, real Janeway and her crew, mm-hmm. stranded in the Delta Quadrant and in the, the uh, slipstream ship, the oh, so, Prometheus. So you think season two of this is going to turn into, like, Voyager the reboot? <laughs> I think we'll just lose Janeway and he'll have this the slipstream oh, ship to chase after them. Right, so he'll like maroon them and he'll yeah. uh, he'll take this ship, maybe, yeah. You see, what I was thinking is I thought it might be interesting because we had in the uh first part of this series, we'll call it, uh in that you had uh a, a du- not Dal, um th- his daughter. Gwyn. Gwyn. He had Gwyn, who had uh, lost her memory and sort of couldn't remember what she'd seen for for a few episodes. So I'm wondering if they're going to do the same. It would be really interesting if that kind of like it's a good way of kind of uh, eking out the drama mm. if he does remember and they're going towards them and then maybe he remembers at a critical moment and then he starts to uh, plot. And I love it. If they, you know, it would be really interesting. I think it would be a good kind of like if they just strand them in the Delta Quadrant altogether. I don't know, but it would be interesting <laughs> to, to maybe do it for a two-parter. Maybe, you know, the beginning of the next series is them... She could get marooned uh, on the monkey planet and be quite happy. Oh, can you imagine <laughs> if they wound up back on that planet and she's like, oh, look, my bath's already there. <laughs> I've got that. Do you, do you think that's what happened to Jakote? <laughs> They've stranded him on that planet and he's going, oh, monkey. Oh, oh no, what quiet. if... Okay, what if all this, and I might not be as harsh on Chakotay, if all this is a big, elaborate love story and Chakotay and Janeway have worked this out between them. They're like, you know, oh, our love is forbidden because of our ranks and blah, 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 blah. So they've come up with this big, elaborate idea and it's going to be that, okay, you go and you lose the protostar and then I'll come and look for the protostar and then you get lost and they're just going to wind up back on that planet and it's going to be like the end of the Shawshank Redemption. It'll be like, you know, Janeway walking up. Harris suddenly turns up with the, with their little kind of with the, um, the weird children thing. Yeah. Uh, and and he's like, they're going like, but you're going to leave me and the babies? Come on. And it's a love triangle with, with kids involved. Ch- yeah, Chicote, <laughs> Paris, and oh, I don't know. Or oh, what if the kids have grown up and they come for revenge? But anyway. <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe it's a big love story between Chicote and Janeway, and it, that's why they're strangling themselves there and thing. I don't know. Um, then back on the protostar then. They're still trying to defuse this weapon. And I go back to what I said last time. 
which is like you want that um, the lady out of first contact to get involved and just be like Jean-Luc blow up the damn ship like just blow it up <laughs> I don't get it just I mean the other th- the, the thing that I do like is that it's uh, it's also a very convenient weapon it's like it can destroy anything with your Starfleet you can't destroy it it'll just turn into some squiggly worms if you well, try to it's like it's just the convenient big pad really but well uh, it, yeah. it makes it convenient that they carry on as a clue as a crew acting like Starfleet without uh, going back to Starfleet yeah it works for the it's setup of the show you're just a bunch of kids we're taking the ship off you we could have thrown in a MacGuffin there, like, you know, it's like just a little line of dialogue. I've said this before, all you need sometimes with, especially with sci-fi shows, it's so easy to do a line of dialogue, which explains why you can't do the obvious thing. So all you really need is like, oh, yeah, but if we destroy it, then the device might still exist and it might still harm Starfleet. That's all we have to say. Or something like, have like, what's his name in it? Oh, Dennis Hopper. And it's, it's like speed, but it's like, I've wired this bomb to go off unless you contact a strange new world every week for 23 minutes or so. So if they don't have a 23-minute adventure every week, the bomb's going to go off. I like that one. I, yeah, yeah. And, oh, it's just a shame Dennis Hopper isn't with us anymore to reprise his role. Yes, I'm sure he'd <laughs> been yeah. well up for it, wouldn't he? He'd have been like, oh, I'll do. I'll do. Speed <laughs> 4, speed in face, in space, or oh. speed 3, whichever one we got to. Well, we got to 2, and for reasons that obviously we cannot fathom, they didn't decide to make another sequel after speed 2. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason the reason I thought it was Speed Four was because I was thinking the Father Ted episode Speed Three, there which you go. I so, think is canonical, canonical. Yeah, that one officially counts. So yeah, it would be Speed Four, and it's always Four where they're going to space anyway. Like Critters Falls, Critters in space, Hellraiser Falls, Hellraiser in space. So Star Trek got there early. If anything. yeah, so Star Trek went back to Earth in Four because they yeah, had to subvert yeah, it. Ooh, we've we've detected a uh, pattern here. Exactly. Track to take down. Someone watched us on there Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Speed, hey. Yeah, Facebook user says Speed 3 track to take down. We did take down. Well, we, we overtook, or Neil overtook some tractors. We'll give Neil a shout out since <laughs> it was he doing the driving. Um, What else then? Okay, so they get to the planet, and this is where the episode shows its hand, and we meet James T and Sue Lu who, I mean, you know, we don't have to explain who they're inspired by. I am James T. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even check. Did you check who who did the voices? Because that just seems like there's either a couple well, of comedy um, nerds or a couple of uh, voiceover artists who would have had a field day with this. This must have been Fred, their dream come true. How do you pronounce his surname from uh, Lower Decks, the security officer? Fred um, Shanks. Yeah. He plays um, N Song. He plays N Song, right. Oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah it's just I, it's a voice like this dream to be able to do Kirk. Elite, you know, and Sulu as well has got one of those really fun voices to do. Exactly. Like, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if either they've already cleared this with Shatner or he'll be planning to sue them in some elaborate way now. So, be like, they're taking the piss. <laughs> Yes, well, I don't like this. I think it's not as good as we used to twice do. Now, I think they probably own the rights to Kirk. I'm sure they own the rights to Kirk, but I would guess that he would be able to argue that this person is imitating him without... Like know, this right and, verbal? And there's, yeah, can you do that? Can you go, he's doing yeah. my voice? I don't, I I don't, don't know. know. He's using my verbal style. 
I mean, I think the, the the real thing is that, let's face it, Shatner doesn't sue. He just goes on any interview and then bitches about it. And then next minute, he's on a Star Trek show going, like, or, you know, a Star Trek interview show or something, going, like, oh, yeah, no, what they're doing is really great. Like, and it'll do that at a con. Then the second that the, the Star Trek kind of people aren't around, it's like, yeah, they're really crap, aren't they? I was much better. Yeah. He's always threatening to sue people. If you follow him on Twitter, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Um, but yeah, he's always starting with people and, oh, someone's using my image without permission to sell Viagra. <laughs> and things like, oh, Facebook users popped in to say hi. Hi, Facebook user. You know what? If, if we... One of us should probably have Facebook open to see who it is. I can't do it, so I've got my notes on my phone, but... I'll have a look. It's that would solve the problem, wouldn't it? Um, anyway, so the people are clearly inspired by Kirk, Sulu, etc. And the whole sort of setup of this, we used to get this a lot in the original series where somebody would have left something on a planet... And that thing became the basis of the whole planet's culture. Like we had, you know, probably won't get away with it now, but like we have the Nazi planet and then they have the American Declaration of Independence planet and they have the gangster planet. And all of them were because they'd they'd found something, hadn't they? And they'd based the whole culture. The Declaration of Independence was... Sort of like oh, it was a, sorry, it was a captain one there. And the gangster planet would be because someone had uh, yeah. And the okay. uh, go on. Do you want me to? to well, I just I've got the names up and everything. Yeah, so like a couple of them I think are on the other feed from the uh, uh, the troopers page. But from actually, Elliot, if you don't mind getting that one up, I'll stick on our one, the retrack page. Uh, we've got Emma. If you pull up the one on the Troopers page, I've got the one on the... Um, we are so going to get, like, taken off the air. Like, I'll pull this one up, Elliot, if you pull that one out. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Emma... Yeah, and don't explain this for people on audio. Sorry, you, you'll have to watch the video next time to understand. Uh, Emma Thick said oh, and her, her, hello, waves. Jack Taylor. What? Let me do my mentions. We can't both do them at the same time, Elliot. When I said get the other one up, I didn't mean let's start talking over each other. Jeez. <laughs> now, now. Anyway, on on the uh, on the retrack one, we've got uh, Emma Thick, uh, Nicola we know, um, and Rob Genghis Lada. Oh, Rob, cool. Cool. That's there we go. Cool. So. On the other one. And it's Elliot? Naughty Jack Taylor apparently on the other one. Oh, In Elliot's words, not mine, Jack. So, the yes, what we about? So yeah, the cultural contamination idea, because the the gangster one piece of the action that finishes, don't they, with them them leaving a communicator and going, oh shit, what might what might happen to this society in the future? And I really thought that was where this episode was going, that this was going to be that specific planet. Oh, I didn't think that one, but I mean, I must admit, when they first. This the when they've been down the and Jankum's talking, hmm. I did love it when they uh, you saw the planet. I thought it looked a lot like the Shoreleaf planet, so I was wondering if we were going to mm. do a riff on that somehow, especially when people started appearing who looked a bit like Starfleet officers but gone wrong. Maybe it's something happening on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really cool, though. I, I loved it. Uh, yeah, but it was nice to keep, keep us guessing at the beginning. Well, we've never seen this planet before. 
No, exactly. <laughs> but I, I was thinking it was going to be the piece of the action planet, but but no, yeah. this is a totally new one, isn't it? Yeah. And I like that they've got things slightly wrong, like as you guys referenced at the start, Starflight and Live Logs and Proper and it's, and Song. <laughs> yeah, and Song and. That sort of feeds into the the bit that gives the episode its title, the whole world's a stage, because they're like, we're going to reenact it, and it's been passed down perfectly over the years, and obviously you know it's not going to be quite how it was. It's almost like in the latest two Thor films where they have the actors acting out the the bits from the previous Thor films. But Also, I mean, what a what a uh, original series name as well, which makes it even more perfect. It's like all the world's a stage. That's totally a TOS yeah. style. And I love that about it. Did you spot the bit where they're walking through the thing? It's, oh, they're all practising the drama, they're practising the thing, and they're all basically practising Kirk Fu, and they're yeah. doing the thing <laughs> where you're in the bear hug and you hit them on the shoulders <laughs> and everything like that. And you mentioned Galaxy Quest before. It's when they've got on the video, they've got like them pressing the buttons and they're practicing pressing the buttons while watching yeah. the video. Yeah. Totally a Galaxy Quest kind of move. And the the bit that we makes us realise how completely wrong they've got it is where they're talking about Enson and they're saying he is one of the crimson wearers. And double-handed fist to the neck, indeed, Facebook user, yes. That is what they're doing. And I love that they've made a martial art out of that. Like, I'd love to see the tournaments and stuff to see what goes on. <laughs> he'd probably do that one that Shatner used to do. You know where they'd be coming at him and he'd drop down on his back and do, like, a a monkey flip and throw him over his shoulder. Well, not over his shoulder, sort of over his back. He did it to... <laughs> if I hadn't been accused earlier on today by Dr. Squee of always bringing things back to wrestling, I would point out that William Shatner appeared in a live episode of Monday Night Raw and did that exact move on Jerry the King Lawler because he was sliding off Canada. No, I, I'm I just like to... Saying if that, you know, if things had been different, you could have heard that lovely little story there, but I missed out. What, what's really nice when you, you see them watching the logs and the screens, this is the first time since uh, 2004 that Star Trek has referenced TOS has been canon how it looked. Oh yeah, that's a very good point, yeah. Elliot. They've changed. They've changed it for Discovery. Mm-hmm. And that um, didn't they do it last Lo- series on this show as well, Prodigy? Uh, Lower Decks did it-, did it slightly, but it was slightly altered. Not Lower so. Decks. I'm, I'm in Prodigy. Didn't they do it? In, they did that um, Kobayashi yeah, episode yeah. where you had um, Spock in it, but yeah, we but didn't see didn't like the bridge and stuff like that. It was, uh, oh, was it not? Okay. No, no, I think it was like sort of a generic bridge, bridge, but they sort of populated it with people from different eras, didn't they? So yeah, but yeah, you're right. That's a really good shout. It is. So that just makes all our heads explode, though, because it's like, well, the cat both work. Yeah. But like, you know, I love how Strange New Worlds looks, but the before T set before TOS, but it looks more modern. Hmm. And this has gone, no, TOS look future enough. We can show it as it was. Well, I, th- I think there's a difference between showing in an episode, which I don't get me wrong. I love the fan service of that. 
and the show where you exist in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good now, you know. So yeah, we've yeah. talked about the reasons for it before, but it, it is definitely nice to see the the classic bridge and everything again. I also like just love that little um, the training ground montage because the thing is, this is why it's perfect for this show is because if it was like, um, I mean, I, I will still say that this is a family show. It's that yeah like they learn all this stuff really badly and they've never progressed since then but like if, if you were doing it in like strange new worlds or something you'd have to kind of use a bit more logic whereas you can just have a bit more fun in this i think yeah of course you can and no I, I, what i was saying was the the reason we know they got it so wrong is because they reference the brave crimson shirts who are the leaders and who are indestructible <laughs> and everything. And obviously that's just a complete nudge, nudge, wink, wink, gag and everything. But you know what? I'm there for stuff like that. That That's almost sort of yeah. lower decks-ish. It's like they've taken a page from their book for a second. To, yeah. Well, if they can do it, we can do it as well. So let's yeah. have a bit of a... This is just having this is just having fun with it all. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even though there may be some of the shows which are some people's favorites more than others, uh, you've got to say all the modern Trek has its own feel to it. Mm-hmm. It like it also feels like Star Trek, broadly speaking. Like I could pick some old Discovery, but let's not go there. But generally, it all feels like Star Trek, uh, just in different times and different styles, which is really yeah. nice to see. Yeah, so what else happens? Oh, so there's the bit where they're, they're talking about the gallows and Dal gets cursed by the gallows. And it just made me think of, you know, in Red Dwarf where Cat and um, Lister are locked up. Oh, they're going to get the gallows to hang us. <laughs> if it's gallows, say it's gallows. And I know that's... reading Jack's comments. Oh, yeah, the George Decay cameo. Horsey bite you now. <laughs> Speaking of vocal cameos, right? The Doctor in this episode, like, if I didn't know better, I'd swear that were Liam Neeson. He's got like this proper. He's like, I will find you and I will kill you. Honestly, <laughs> watch it again with that in mind. He sounded just like Liam Neeson, and I doubt it is, but you never know. So, yeah, just have a listen out for it and see if you think he sounds like Liam Neeson or not. Hey, and sometimes they, they will the do these things. In it. The only one I know is Red, because I was looking at who the ensign was in the history of the Galileo. Yeah. Also worth mentioning, sometimes they do these things just because they're fans of the show and they don't put their names on or they you know, make a little Easter egg for people yeah. to recognise the voice. So, yeah. So, I presume then, Elliot, you've done the research on what's going on with how the Galileo ends up here, because... Correct me if I'm wrong, the original Galileo burnt up, didn't it, in, in the Galileo yeah. 7? And then they got the yes, Galileo 2 because they couldn't no. afford to build another prop that set out different no. on it. No? No. They got the Galileo again. The second Galileo was just called the Galileo. Because they couldn't be bothered really. Because they couldn't afford the paint to make it the Galileo 2. <laughs> right. Is it not? And that shows up in a metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Journey to Babel, uh-huh. and another episode in season two, which ah. kind of top of the head. I actually had a question about that as well. And oh, then sorry. in season three, mm-hmm. we get the Galileo two. Ah. So sometime between, and we see that in the, the way to Eden. Right. So sometime between 
Season two and season three, we lose to Galileo, and we lose um, Ensign Gaver. Is it Gaverock? Gaverick? Mm-hmm. Who's the ensign from Obsession? Ah. Who was the son of the captain of the Farragut? Really? So yeah. this is an actual character that they've pulled from yeah. TOS That's then? Yeah, Yeah, so they pulled the character, but we, we've never seen the Galileo getting lost. No. no we, all we so know I was wondering is if that, we'd seen the bit before it or maybe something. No, like. all we know is that the second Galileo was also called, just called Galileo. Do you reckon that will like... Season 3 it became the Galileo 2. Do you reckon that will like some sort of dodgy cover-up then? That, you know, after the Galileo 7, they were like, we don't want anyone to know that we lost the Galileo, so just we'll call them. I reckon in 1966, they didn't have enough money to re to alter the paint job on the Galileo shuttle to the Galileo 2. And then in season three, they realised, oh, shit, this was destroyed in season. No, no, I, I do like I do like James's kind of uh, idea. That's like, uh, yep, look, it's the Galileo. But, but the paint, it, it looks slightly different on the inside. No, it's still the Galileo. It's exactly the same ship. Don't know what you're talking about. La, 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 I'm not listening. Yeah, and then they're like, well, when they lost the second one, they're like, we can't possibly get away with it again and just call it the Galileo again. People are going to notice at yeah, some we point. we actually lost someone this time. We've got to renumber it. Because... Has anyone seen our, our crew? Mate, but no, 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 haven't seen him. No, no, no. I don't think he was ever on this ship. I Definitely didn't go anywhere him. with the Galileo. Because yep, you see, yep, your yep. theory, Elliot, that they realized in, the only problem with that as a behind the scenes explanation is that it would imply that somewhere in between season two and three, they found enough budget to buy a tin of paint, which, if you go by the quality <laughs> of most of season three, is very unlikely. That is why Spock's brain was like it was. <laughs> yeah. Just no money for anything <laughs> whatsoever. Because the paid to make the Galileo too. Yeah, that's it. That's I mean, what it ruined was, it. People being pedantic, was, uh, going, you need to number it. Uh, oh, I like just while we're on the, the Galileo, just just to to see that, just that moment when they're going go to the gallows and it's a Galileo, yeah. and it's just uh, they play a little just sting of the music. They use it so nicely, so sparingly, and it just fits perfectly. It was just such a sweet fan moment. This is another question for you then, Elliot. Did the TOS shuttles have warp capability then? So apparently, this one is leaking warp plasma. Um, and I well, didn't. They are- they are warp nacelles that are on them. I know they look like warp nacelles, but Adam, I... That's Adam, by the way. Right. Morning, <laughs> Adam. Where's he? Is they, they flown him out to New Zealand or something? We assume so. Who? Look again. So, yeah, so... I know they look like warp nacelles, but I always thought I'd read in one of these tech manuals or something that shuttles weren't warp capable until TNG, but... Well, that's I one. Think there's a lot of like this is a class F uh, original series shuttle, mm-hmm. so I think we've got to say yes, it did have warp capability. Right. And I like oh, that. I, I thought maybe there was a flange that the you know uh, I also plasma they use for assume. other tasks as well. Somehow, I can. Ass- I think we could assume in uh, the Galileo Seven mm-hmm. that it was the warp plasma that they were igniting to get a signal. True. True. Does that make sense? It would. 
Anyway, that's one for us to do our homework on to find out whether this is a retcon or whether they always were warp capable or what. And if they're not warp capable, then I've decided uh, whatever they call the replicator was like food fabricators or something. Yeah. Run on warp. <laughs> one well, it is a really good representation of the original shuttle. Yeah, it so looks excellent. The bridge, they've done the ship, is in original TOS style. Yeah, Nothing it is. fancy done to it. Oh, did we also have we talked about the uh, the bit where they are putting on the place yet? I don't think we've mentioned that yet. That that was another just such a good moment. It was just so lovely to see, and. I mean, I worked it. I did a performing arts course, and I love the idea of like just quickly making the props as you change the scenes. Like one one thing suddenly it's a uh, starscape, and then suddenly they're putting over a table for something to lie on. It was just yeah, wonderful. it's I love and it builds on it later in the episode. But yeah, I love the idea that this is a story that's been passed down and it's been performed across generations and everything, and then at the end of the episode that they add the characters who they've encountered now and they become part of the story yeah, I, I just yeah. think that's that's brilliant um, so Zero makes an antidote then but once as soon as Zero's done that the away team's in trouble so we have to have an exciting rescue and we just go on to Zero sorry yeah. just the antidote make uh, again it's just a wonderfully plotted thing that Zero is such a great um like, if you want to skip over a part, you can use him, basically, because he's the data of this series. So, you know, it's like anyone else, you go, yeah, but how did he replicate that? Like, OK, he came up with the idea, but how do you replicate uh, an antidote so quickly? Because he's like a super genius. That's why, you know, yeah. people yeah. Can, can think that fast. Brilliant. And the answer to that as well, we've talked about this, I think, before, particularly when we've watched animated series episodes, is it's a 23-minute episode, so we, we can you can't spend the time you would in a 45 minute episode having them going, I've tried this and then I've tried it again with different nucleotides and I've, sometimes you just yeah, have to have, I've done it, I've got it, let's go, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, it's nice when they I come up with a reason. This, yeah. Yeah, I, I would also chuck in that, just, sorry, just because you've said it twice, the nerd in me wants to say, because I like this about this series, they go up to 25 minutes. They get those extra kind of couple of minutes because <laughs> they, they usually are standard 22, 24 minute episodes for animation. So 25 mm -hmm. is actually quite a generous run length. Yeah. I, like I wonder why that is. I wonder if Nickelodeon aren't buying as much advertising space or something. I you wonder know, if it's maybe, sort of like for streaming maybe not doing later. A, uh, mid episode break. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. honestly, mm. breaks in a minute, and apologies to any of our American listeners, but your adverts are crazy in America. It's like oh. the TV show starts and it's like, okay, and next up on UPN is Star Trek, but now we go to a commercial break. And then you get it, and then you have the opening teaser, then you have the adverts, then you have the credits, then you have some more adverts. It's no wonder, like, there's so many people with, like, ADHD and stuff If you in America. If you've grown up with that, like, just trying to follow an half-hour program. I mean, that's the way they do it, though. They put the, um, yeah, that's how they get more ever. They put it either one side or the other of the credits at the beginning. Then they'll have the end of the show. They'll have the credits. Mm. Oh, sorry, they'll have the end of the show. They'll have an ad break, and then they'll have the credits. It's like, yeah, why don't I then? Like... American shows didn't used to be as bad because it used to be nearly 50 minutes mm -hmm. in an hour. Because I remember when I was a kid, there was one of the two Ronnie's Christmas specials on BBC. And they there made a big deal like it was only 50 minutes long. And it was because American TV had already bought it up. Yeah. 
So it'd be made for an hour slot on American TV. Well, that's it. If you look at the original series, they often ran 50, 52 minutes here and there, yeah. and whereas then it got a lot more standardised. I mean, I think, I think an American hour now is about 36 minutes, if you look at... Is it down to that? I, I, honestly, I think it is something like that. I mean, now it's a bit different like, because of streaming, but... Again, it was, it's about 42 minutes of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them at 40 before, but I didn't think it had gone that far. Because I thought it used to be... I thought it used to be in Dragon Next Gen about 45 minutes. God, this is fascinating talk it about is, the man minutes it? and episodes. Anyway, this is what we care about. This is it. <laughs> this is important stuff. Anyway, so then we get the big hero moment. They make the bridge into the TOS bridge, which is lovely. I did feel maybe... Like like you mentioned earlier, Squee, we did have that episode, the... Um, Oh, what's it called? Kobayashi Maru episode. And it I just thought, is it a little bit too soon after that to be doing something yeah. that it, it's kind would, of a variation on a theme. It is different, but it, it's not a million miles I, away. No, I thought well, this two was things. Two things with this. this. One is I did really after. like it when they had uh, when they transformed the ship and then the captain's share change and you got to see Dal in the yeah. original suit. Yeah. Like that was just a lovely moment, which we didn't get another episode because I actually thought he was on the, the that bridge in that episode, but you guys remembered um, they wasn't. But it was also the fact that I think I prefer this to the Kobayashi Maru episode because I know it was very popular amongst fans. But for me, there was a few of the sound bites just where they didn't sync up the sound, and I know they did mm -hmm. that like as a choice, but that took me out of it. And also, it was just it was sound clips. It wasn't those people there doing it. Whereas this is just. This is reenacting it with people doing it live, so you can yeah. be a bit more kind of natural with it. Whereas I the other also, one felt a bit forced in places to me. I also really like this look on the uh, Proto Stars bridge. Yeah, it was quite sweet. And the reason being that it takes away from how it's gone really clinic clinical mm -hmm. looking, how That's it's true. silvers and whites and greens. Yeah. And, and I wish not every really ship nice had to, be to have all the primary colours there again. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like how uh, uh, how sci-fi a lot of the time has gone just clinical white. Yeah, I don't like that as much. Yeah, and you would totally do that if you had a ship with this holograph thing. You'd be like, oh, make it look like this this week, and make it yeah. look like that. Well, we, I was like, I'm there. We like you can imagine down next week, can't you say, chair and looking round and going, you know what, Janeway? I liked how it looked uh, yeah. last week. Can we have that again? Oh, let, let me try out the Enterprise A or whatever. Yeah. But well, no, when they did that in uh, Picard, it actually again it took me out a little bit because they decided to have the ready room could be changed into anything. So Picard had it as as his vineyard, and I thought this is pulling me out of the feeling I'm in space. Yeah, I don't like that. That, so that was because they spent all that money on that vineyard <laughs> set. The yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get if it was real, then you would you totally play about yeah. with that all the time but for the show I, I, I don't want it to be different every week it, it pulls me out no I know the what you mean the show. I do but yeah, wanna... if they had it like that every week I'd be I'd be in yeah I do want to say though the bit where they're flying to the rescue and you get the voiceover from the ensign and everything mixed in with what they're saying now it could have easily fallen flat for how cheesy it was but it, the earnestness managed to carry it through and it's just this incredibly uplifting moment where they're talking about cooperation and hope yeah. and everything and it's just absolutely what Star Trek is. I felt oh. everything I could 
Yeah, and, I, and, the, and they healed my injuries and just absolutely <laughs> I mean, took me in and saved me. I thought I, mean, I was saving them, but they saved yeah. me. Yeah. Friend Jane Ray said, "It's like, are you sure this? Uh, I know they want to be Starfleet, but they're not Starfleet." But it did set up for a very lovely moment when he goes, "No, trust them, they're good." You know, it's like it, yeah. it was this nice kind of thing of them. Yeah, I mean, even you, you saw, and it was very subtly done, which I did like earlier on the episode. You already saw Dal saying it's like, uh, you know, someone else goes like, ha, huh, these lasers, what do they think they can, they can run a starship? He's going, yeah, <laughs> what do they reckon? And yeah. he looks down at his combat. Pretend they're just making believe that the Starfleet, yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> exactly. do that? Yeah, there was, I suppose, a bit of sort of dramatic irony going on there, but no, it was all really, really well done. And I think we might have potentially stumbled upon an answer to a question that we've had, which is why can we not buy big plush toys of Murph? Maybe because we're doing something with Murph and that's why we've not gone gung-ho on the merchandise. Maybe we're going to see the second form of Murph. What's that? (laughs) This is all tied lovely for Christmas, isn't it? It is. And if if you're clever about it... Oh, sorry, James. No, 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 carry on. I was just going to say, uh, if they um, were really clever about it as well, you get one of those plushies which you can turn inside out, Ooh. and it goes from original form to new one. Well, that's what I was thinking. It's some, it, you get some sort of tie-in. Like, I imagine it's going to come out as some sort of butterfly-type thing, that it's going to be a squidgy blob with wings now. Like one you of these. Like, uh, Epic saying niece's wings that she had at the weekend. Yeah. Exactly. Let's see, let's see James. So this, for, uh, apologies to anyone not watching the video of this. This is very bad radio, but I've got one of them octopus things that smiles on one side, and then if you turn him inside out, look. Oh, oh, he's not happy now. Oh, so I like you it. could it's have one of these, be... but right. So what's that? That's an octopus, <laughs> and that's a pessipus. Nice. It's not my joke. And I commandeered it. Anyway, so something's happening with Murph, so that we all have to buy another Murph action figure. Um, I think I think that's going to be really good. And what a what a a genius idea as well. Well, it also plays into so you can get Murphs. You know, like the squidgy toys used to get and throw at the wall, and then splatter on them. Oh yeah. Get one of them. Now you can throw on your wall now. You so could do, all yeah. Out there, look to, all I really hope, though. What if it's like Mugwise and Gremlins? Like, what if Murph turns really bad? I really don't want that. That's not going to happen. It yeah, most not they would do it for an episode and then they managed to yeah, bring it back. Yeah, to you're right. Don't yeah, take Murph away do. from us in such a horrible way. No. Anyway, so that's uh, this week's Prodigy. We will be covering next week's as normal. We're also going to resume the Dominion War. And we're up to the episode Return to Grace, which, yes, okay, it technically doesn't have the Dominion people in it, but it's really important to the ongoing arc story, so we're covering it. But we wanted to talk a little bit about Sci-Fi Weekender, which for a lot of people, we, we seem to have picked up quite a few members of the Facebook group, and hopefully that'll translate to downloads, hint, hint. Um, page, so new members on the YouTube page. New members on the YouTube page and everything. So we just want to say a massive, massive big thanks to 
everyone who came to our live show at the Sci-Fi Weekend at uh, David and Sam and Matt and Johnny and everyone who let us do it. No, no, stay tuned, because if you think it's been exciting so far, next week we're going to discuss the average length of the movies. No, I promise we won't do that. We're really fun to watch, honestly. We don't do that all the time. Oh, the average length no, of the movies. Do. I bet it would be... No, 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 no! We've still got a couple of listeners oh, left. Let's not scare them off. I'm just thinking the Kelvin movies were a bit longer, so I bet they bumped the average up. That's a good question. We'll come back to that. Uh, well, but then no. you do the original series, The Next Generation, the Kelvin movies as separate entities. Then you do a comparison. Then you do Jesus. a comparison. If we're going to do it, let's do it properly. Oh, we need pie charts and everything. We need to invest oh. in like a really yeah, good office program. <laughs> I will almost guarantee you that you will be able to find a diagram that visually represents the length of time of every Star Trek movie ever. Um, anyway, so no, we just wanted sincerely to say anyone who came and watched us, if you're giving the podcast a go, we really, really appreciate it. And we had an absolute yeah. blast doing that on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry yeah. my voice had gone on Saturday. Yeah, it was a bit of news. I just had to visually be a beautiful alien woman, That's which it. I think we could all agree I fully pull off. You nailed the role, absolutely. And it was obviously because no, yeah. there was a bit of a throat infection going. There was no other reason for any of us sounding rough on the no. Saturday. No, none at all. No, uh, nothing no, to do with all the bottles of... Uh, Jäger that Johnny poured down my throat. Because, yeah, I mean, definitely we... Um, yeah, he forced you at gunpoint. I, I remember now. He did. Uh, he made me. He made you. But, um, yeah, not only thank you very much for subscribing, but also just having that room full of mm-hmm. people. It was so touching, I know, to each and every one of us because... Um, well, I, I do some of the stage panels and stuff, and that's great, but I know the audience is definitely there for the guest. This was people showing for us, and that just, I yeah. just, yeah, I can be more thankful. And they were so, so into it as well, and taking part and giving us suggestions from the floor it was great. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And people hung around to talk to us after, which was a little bit weird because they, they were coming to us went, and asking us questions and things. No, no, yeah. no, the barman, the barman called me. I was there for a good five minutes. Then you came to the loo, and he asked about a ship. I go. Elliot, you're on. Like, yeah, you're Elliot's your ship guy. If you need to ask about <laughs> the ships. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But no, uh, as you I said, don't. sincerely thank you to everyone um, who turned up and everyone who let us do it and everything like that. And hopefully we're going to get another crack at the next Sci-Fi Weekender, which, um, again, we'll be absolutely honoured to do so. But... Um, Obviously, you know, it was <laughs> it was a three day festival, so it wasn't all about our panel. So we just wanted to really? for, any, for anyone who's not been to the Sci Fi Weekend who listens to this, it it is completely different to any other convention, any other MCM Expo, whatever it is. If I might, the the only thing I would uh, just in case because. Obviously, I know a lot of people in Southampton. If anyone's been to the sci-fi ball, it's the only thing close to it. And they've both mm-hmm. got their own flavours to it. But that's more kind of like a formal dinner and a kind of that, like ball in yeah. the evening. And it's over two days. This is over more days. It's more like a festival and a con kind of combined. Um, uh, but that's the closest one like to it. Fe- oh. It's more of a festival atmosphere. Definitely. Yeah. So in our caravan, it was anyway. But uh, Dr. Squee, why don't you tell us a little bit? Because you, you did do several interviews. 
So give, give us a rundown of some of the people you spoke to over the weekend, because, yeah, pretty impressive oh, yeah, stuff there. It, it was an absolute treat, and uh, I'd like to just thank, like you were thanking the organisers, I'd like to thank them for um, putting me up on the main stage for the interviews. That was really great. Uh, but, yeah, so I uh, interviewed uh, Michael Jason, who will be remembered as the Valiard, and uh, from Only Fools and Horses as uh, Raquel's dad. He was the one who found the watch in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And, actually... He informed me, I never knew this, that that was based on a real watch. There's an actual Oh, yeah, I knew that. that. Yeah, there is a, yeah. a lesser watch, isn't there, that's believed to be yeah. out there somewhere. And um, other than uh, Michael uh, choosing to out everyone in showbiz who voted leave or remain in Brexit, mm. uh, he, he's told loads of stories about, uh, you know, working with so many people. It's one of those actors who he may be best known for two roles which he actually only played like a limited amount of times however he's work 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 on stage mm-hmm. on screen he's been in everything he's kind of like worked with every major actor you can think of so when i say that i don't say that to do him down to, but to build him up that he actually has done uh, yeah. such an impressive body of work that a lot of people don't know about so he was great to talk to uh, we had andrew lee potts from um from primeval and also he's made a few films of his own he talked a bit about uh shooting films during covid which was really interesting mm. uh and of course uh all about uh primeval which was really great a uh, really lovely guy um him mcneese uh absolute pleasure to catch up with him as some people know he uh guested on my 24-hour podcast marathon mm-hmm. uh fest which raises money for charity and he donated 100 pounds to shelter so i got to thank him publicly which was uh, uh such a treat for me but jesus christ talk about someone who's been in everything just name a genre <laughs> you he will give you 10 credits in <laughs> that i i didn't even have to really write questions it was just like Tell us about this job. Tell us about this job. I mean, I hopefully made it a bit more entertaining probably, than that. But it's... To be fair with Ian McNeish, it's probably easier to say what he hasn't been and what it really has is. been. Yeah. It really is. Um, and I kind of like was just forgetting credit. It's like, oh, yeah, you're in June as well. <laughs> like, you know, and that's such a huge credit to most people. But to him, that's just a drop in the ocean. So uh, he was really great to talk to. And he and Ian, uh, he and, sorry, Andrew later were playing... Uh, just a minute, which is mm. uh, a, a live version of the panel game from Channel Four, and it was really great because Ian was playing a Northern Rag all the way the through. That was one there's been, it, it, but far and away. And I think it's been great in the past, which says if, something because they had John Robertson on it one year. Exactly, it's never a bad show. It's always good fun. No, it's always good fun. But this was a particular highlight. Just Ian was again, he threw himself into being the wag on the panel. So he was he was buzzing in, just troll buzzing basically over the most minor points. And Andrew Lee puts every time he got it goes, I don't want it. Um go. You know he threw it <laughs> so um so yeah and Bryony Pierce was great on that as well. It has to be mentioned. Um, Pierce is lovely. Yeah, yeah she really is. Uh, and I've got to mention John Robertson you mentioned there. So not only did I get to interview him uh, for for anyone who doesn't know he does this show called the dark room which is based in, on your choose your own adventure video game mm-hmm. basically except for it's all based on the fact that you end up dying every time but it's it's one of those shows it's a bit like the rocky horror picture show everyone knows the lines to shout them back at him so even though it's interacting it's always different everyone knows the screen flow for the no, uh, it was thing. i thought it was really good this year because it it changed it slightly yeah, he's throwing no, in a few. We didn't know options. what was always going to happen. No. Yeah, so like if you if you have the screen flow from the established screens, you know, and then you still get the interact development. But if you've seen it quite a few times, you've got some new screens and stuff. So he's always adding stuff to it as well. Now, John um, in the dark room, John did express. Yeah 
quite negative energy towards the original series, which, you know, I know he's an extremely busy man and he does a million and one streams, but if he ever wants to come on this show and tell us why he hates the original series so much, he's absolutely more than welcome to do so. I, I think he was mainly playing it for last, but... I'm uh, sure he I was. mean, what was, really, what was really great about it as well was uh, Brian Blessed, unfortunately, I didn't get to interview him. Professor Elemental, uh, in his infinite whimsy, uh, did that and did a great job. But um, Brian Blessed, actually, first of all, Brian Blessed had a thought, he's okay now, but it did give us a bit of worry at the end of, end mm -hmm. of it. Uh, but he was just, as always, he can just talk for now. Like, you know, the interview just needs to go, hello, there you go. And then Brian goes with it. Absolutely. But, um, he for three and a half hours in his meet and greet before that. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was his, interviewing John Robertson. His manager had to pull him out of the meet and greet. Brian, you need a, you, something to eat before you're on stage. Yeah. But just to, I was just saying now all up to establish what we did at the beginning of the uh, <laughs> the interview with John Robinson. I had arranged so basically we had a um, a little bit of fun. We all dressed up in robes as the well. Ooh, don't talk secret about the secret, secret cult. cult meeting. Anyway, uh, let's just say some friends of mine, including some who might not be a million miles away dressed up in robes and uh, some of them escorted John onto the stage. So I was, I was giving his intro on the stage, then he got escorted onto stage. Yeah. And one of them uh, had given up for that. may or may not have uh, formed a cult. <laughs> may or may not. Um, now we formed the cult. We, we, we just allowed him to do our cult. Uh, but, but the other thing was that uh, Honey from uh, this particular group of people had given me, had like been saying, ah, does anyone want a couple of coconuts? I go, yeah, I'll use them somehow. And I got one of them and because uh, as part of the dark room, they have something they call flamboyant potatoes, which is a pineapple. I said, well, John, maybe you want to mix it up? Like, maybe we could bring this in. So I gave him the coconut. And uh, he was going, yeah, I reckon this could be a Brian Blessed's testicle or <laughs> Brian Blessed's bollock, I believe he called it. Uh, and then later on in the dark room, he referenced that, which I've never been so happy in my life. I was like, he mentioned the thing which I gave that, to him. And that coconut is... Like, it's becoming extremely well-travelled because it came from Honey to yourself, to John Robertson, to whoever won it in the dark room, and yeah. who knows where it'll end up after there. So, yeah, it so, was... John, John was... You, sorry, just to no. cap up on the panels. Just want to say how, how great John was and how hilariously funny. Um, I've, I feel like it was one of those moments on stage where it's like... Um, I got to be like, you know, he was just going for it and just every now and again, I just chipped something in. So like they had someone who came up to the microphone, everyone was giving questions and they said, it's like, actually, I've got a suggestion. And John playfully eviscerated them <laughs> is the only way I can put it. And then when the next person was coming up to my face, I would go, oh, someone else has got notes. And that led to John. So um, John just going off for another one. Uh, it was lovely. And I just want to thank everyone who came up and um, congratulated me on the panels and especially on the Retrek one is particularly like our little baby. Yeah, it was an excellent, excellent weekend. So, again, if you're not familiar with the Sci-Fi Weekend, uh, check it out. I believe tickets to I don't know how many events. This they put them. You can buy tickets for up to 2024 at the minute. So, if you want to go, there's options out there at the moment. I just we should check. All you've mentioned there is the panels through the day. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then on the night, it goes wild. That's yeah. what I was going to shout out. Yeah, so we had the awards on the first night. 
uh, which has just got the sludges going it's up and having awards. It's good fun. We have some Jaeger. It was great. Uh, but I really want to mention Level Up Leroy, uh, my boy Leroy. He's the one who kind of did the last act of the night uh, yeah. on the last night. He does geek remixes. So it's anything from Rick and Morty to Flash Gordon to all these kind of wonderful properties and these wonderful visuals as well as tunes. Uh, and before him, it was uh, Blues Harvest who yeah, just did the most wonderful. So you can have the Avengers team they've done before. They did a new Red Dwarf mix this time. Yeah. They did a bit of Flash Gordon themselves. And Leroy came on and did some music. <laughs> it was just so good. So, so on good. On Friday, we had a breakout act. Yes. Madam Misfit. Yes. Madam Misfit was phenomenal. She, uh, what do they call that style of music? Gentleman hip-hop? Something like that, yeah. But she's chatting with it as well. She's taking it to this comedy level. And she was just, she she was in the second room and it just was heaving and bouncing. Yeah, there's there's always an act that runs away with it. Like the, the dark room John Robertson we've mentioned before was several years ago he made his first appearance and then after that it was, right, he has to be at every single one. Same thing with uh, Jolly Boat who are fantastic as well. But again, as soon as they appeared, it was right. That's it. Um, Professor Elemental, uh, who I mentioned as hosting yeah. uh, a panel with uh, Brian Blessed, but also does his own wonderful act. And that's it. And we, Madame Misfits the definitely one. the one this year that everyone's going to want to see back. But so um, that came as a guest originally, and the weekend it wouldn't be the same without him. Is Adam? Absolutely, yes. yeah. Adam literally hosted it from start to finish. Yeah. Is is everywhere? Is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. You may know as Jim Credible. If you Google Joker cosplay, actually, Adam is the top hit. Just out of all of Google, you don't even have to put anything in there. So it may be Simon Washington. <laughs> yes. So yeah, um, I mean, we could go on and on about it all day, but. Um, if you've never been, if you're not familiar with it, check out the Sci-Fi Weekender. If you were there this time, we hope you had a good time. If you came to our panel, just we thank you so much for it. And um, we'll be back next week to talk about the next episode of Prodigy. We're also going to dip back into the Dominion War. If you want to get in touch with us, come and find us on all the socials. Retrek, we should pop up there. And Dr. Squee, you've got the Dr. Squee show going on as well. Yeah, uh, please tune in every Tuesday on uh, sw20radio.co.uk, the new sound of South Wales, because I'm so obviously Welsh. Uh, And uh, we've got a new episode. I don't know what's going to be next week, but this week we had um, uh, Sue Hodge, who was Mimi LeBoc from Hello, Hello. Uh, just such a good time, and we always have different musical themes. It's it's all good. Yeah, just come along and join me on Tuesday at six pm, please. And um, thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the retrek. Llap. Thank you. Bye bye.